Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another exciting night of NBA basketball. With the first pick, the Detroit Pistons select Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State University. Chandler again. Oh, what a block by Max Seal! My goodness! The Pistons are digging in. They got the depth. They got the big men. They got the better basketball team. No doubt about it. There's Jaden playing the passing lane. Sky's a jam. Dynamite dunk and the crowd loves it. Pistons need a three and they have just under three seconds to do it. Here's Chauncey Phillips. Here it is. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast brought to you by Believe. Aaron Johnson with you here this week, taking over the hosting duties for Mike Angolano. We'll be without him this week. But joining us, my gracious co-host, Jasper Apollonia. Jasper, my friend, it's been a few weeks since our last show. We usually don't have weeks off uh, in between shows, but we, we took one last week, had a couple things pop up. Not a whole lot that's been going on with the Pistons anyway, but good to have you back and, and excited to to talk some Pistons with you this week. I was going to say, I'm shocked we missed a show. There's so much going on in the land of the Pistons. Um, you know, they made their first free agent signing, so that's pretty big, right? We had to hop on for that, didn't we, Aaron? Yeah. Xavier, I know you're fired up. Xavier Simpson, man. I mean, I can't believe it. Uh, Troy, you know, one thing, one thing you can't say about Troy Weaver is uh, – He's not been sitting on his hands this summer, that's for sure. Xavier Simpson's now pissed in. Uh, I think that gives them his G League right, which I would imagine was the purpose of of the signing. You know, he gets his fifty or seventy five thousand dollars, whatever it is, to come to training camp, and then they also get his G League right. So that's the Xavier. Troy knows, Troy knows how to treat me right, man. He's he's brought in <laughs> like two Syracuse got Syracuse guys and Buddy Bayheim and Jeremy Grant. You know, he's bringing in the Michigan fellas. I love it. This guy, he's he's doing it for us, man. I don't even think he's doing it for the team. He's just doing it. It's a little something for daddy. You know what I mean? A little something extra. That's about as much uh, conversation you're going to get on the Xavier Simpson signing from this podcast. Uh, so if that's what you tuned in for <laughs> this week, very, very sorry that we don't have a full in-depth uh, breakdown. We uh, have an hour. No, we're doing it. Two hours. Where is Charles Matthews at? Uh, what is Manny Harris doing? Deshaun PD Sims. Let's get him in the mix. What's up? <laughs> oh my God. I love playing with Manny Harris in 2K when you were like back in the day when you were a kid and you just like create your own team and you'd sign like a bunch of free agents like that were just like not on rosters and you're just like your first year of your your team. Oh, Manny Harris was a staple on my rosters, but we oh. can't go down that that road right now. We've got to yeah. stick to the script. So oh, come on, man. I have so much on Chris Kramer. Let's do it, though. <laughs> Let's do it. Ah, you're tearing me away. So before we get into our first topic of the show, I did want to mention uh, this week's sponsor. As always, it's Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for, 50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, let's move into our first topic of this week's show. Uh, this information came out, I believe, late last week. Uh, or, yeah, late last week. I want to say like Thursday of last week. Uh, but Kate Cunningham and Jalen Duren of the Detroit Pistons have been named to the Team USA select team as Team USA prepares for the FIBA World Cup beginning in late August. They are two of the 14 athletes that have been selected to the select roster, and they will train with USA Basketball uh, as they prepare for the FIBA World Cup. They join the likes of Jalen Green, Chet Holmgren, Quentin Grimes, and Jalen Williams on the roster. Uh, one interesting note was that Cade Cunningham was offered a spot on the Team USA roster that will travel and play in the FIBA World Cup, but did decline it to continue focusing on his recovery and off-season training. So good news for the Pistons that Cunningham and Dern were named to the roster. But I can't lie, selfishly, and maybe a little not selfishly, as I think it would have been good for him, I'm a little disappointed that Kate Cunningham will not be playing in the FIBA World Cup this summer. Really interesting, because I, I feel the opposite. I'm glad that he turned it down. And uh, we, we got to see a little bit of Cade returning to action, so to speak. Uh, he, he did a little, I hesitate to call it more than like glorified pickup. Uh, but we did actually see a little bit of Cade playing, uh, making some drives, taking a few jumpers. It was nice to see. I don't, <laughs> I'm, I know a lot of people on Twitter kind of overreacted to it, but there's just not much to take from that. Like, it's it's cool to see him back, but it, it is what it is. It's, it's pickup. He's getting his legs back underneath him. And I think that's probably why he turned down the invite and also why I'm glad. Look, we've talked about it a million times on this podcast. This is a team that is so... Uh, locked in to its young stars, especially Jalen Duran, Kate Cunningham, Jaden Ivey right now. Like those are the guys that that absolutely have to hit for this this experiment by Troy Weaver to work. And this year, I think especially, uh, you you really need to see some some improvement, some growth from them. So while yes, I'm I'm kind of with you selfishly, it would have been fun to see them play some basketball, especially competitively, especially Cade Cunningham. I just don't want to see anybody get hurt before the season starts. And I just don't want any wear and tear. I don't want any nagging injuries coming up. You know, Cade just came back from, from this injury. And it's not just like the injury took him out for the whole year. It really does sound like it took him out past the regular season. Like if the Pistons had somehow made the playoffs, I'm not sure Cade Cunningham would have been back and fully healthy for them. So when I look at this, I just want the guy to work on his jumper, to get his legs back underneath him. Don't risk hurting yourself. And I'm assuming that basically the select team is there to scrimmage. Basically what he was doing in the Twitter video that we saw. I'm comfortable with him doing that. I don't want him doing anymore. Uh, Jalen Duran played in Summer League a little bit. You know, that's the one I guess I would have more liked to see. Aaron, I don't know if you feel any differently about that. Like, we did get to see a little bit of Jalen Duran in Summer League, but it wasn't really Jalen Duran. I mean, he was out there taking jumpers, uh, driving from the three-point line. Like, that's not the type of game we're expecting to see from him in competitive games next year, is it? Yeah, I guess where I'm at with with Cade in this situation is, like, I totally respect, you know, the decision. Hey, I want to focus on my health. I uh, want to continue to just do my offseason training regime. 
I totally get that. I just feel like there, there is that benefit of, you know, I'm a big believer in why in the past I've always been, uh, you know, really into these guys that do get the opportunity to play, whether it's on the select team, whether it's with Team USA or, or with their country, like that opportunity to learn from some of the best coaches and some of the best players in the game. Uh, on the flip side of Cade getting his legs under him, you know, if he's just coming back from an injury and it's he's just really going there to do some light scrimmaging and stuff, I get that. But if he is healthy, I do think there would have been some benefits to him getting the, some of those game reps, being able to get some of that wear and tear, that rust off the off the legs, off the the shooting, that kind of stuff, working through some of that just in a few games, I, I feel like that would have been good for him. Uh, it's not obviously the end of the world that he's not playing right. I think it's way more important that Team USA wanted him there uh, and, and asked him to be a part of it. That shows the regard that he's held in. Uh, by, you know, the decision makers of Team USA and, you know, and, and therefore some of the more prominent names in the league uh, by saying, hey, even after an entire missed season, we still want to offer you a spot on our roster. Like that just shows. And, and it's what I've heard from people is that across the league, like people are still expecting some major, major things from Cade Cunningham. So uh, it's it's actually more reassuring to me that he was extending the invite. It would have been a great roster for him to be a part of. And I think some of that is there's the, the the selfishness in me of wanting him to play, wanting to see him play basketball. But I do think there would have been something, there would have been some real benefit to him going out there and working through getting some of those initial game reps after, you know, not being able to do that since October of last year. So I definitely think there would have been some benefit for him. Uh, but if he's, you know, not at a point where it would have been best for him health-wise, then I totally, totally respect the decision because, you know, his ability to to play this year for the Pistons is way more important at this point uh, in his career currently. For sure. And I, I think there's also an aspect to it of like, there are skills that Cade absolutely needs to work on, especially if the way that he's jumping is going to be different now that he's had this leg issue resolved. I mean, he said it, he's had this since high school. He played through it in college and his first year in the league. Uh, and we're not alone. It's pretty, pretty, you know, uh, um, it, it's a matter of fact that like Cade's three point jumper, especially his rookie season looked really flat coming out. It, it was a big issue. And it's something that I think he really needs to work on. For me, I think if he's dedicating his time to, to really strengthening that jumper, and really getting his legs back underneath him. Look, he's still going to have preseason. It's not like he's going to, you know, have zero time to have any sort of competitive games before he gets to camp. And let's also be honest, uh, the guys that he's scrimmaging against are probably better than most of the competition they're going to play against uh, in this tournament anyway. So I think from that perspective, like I would rather see him uh, strengthen his three-point shooting ability. I'd rather see him be more in the weight room and, and getting a little bit stronger more than I'd like to see him playing, you know, competitive basketball games, e even if that sounds, you know, not really correct in terms of his development. I think long-term that that time in the weight room is going to serve him a little bit better. That time in the gym might actually serve him a little bit better than it would kind of rushing back to play competitive Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't, you know, the FIBA World Cup also isn't like 
this super long thing. Like it's two weeks. <laughs> um, so it's not like he'd be missing out on like a significant portion of the off season, which has been going on now for, you know, two, three months for him. It sounds like he's been at least starting to get more ramped up. Uh, you know, it, it goes on from the 25th of August through, uh, you know, the second week of September. So we're talking about two weeks. It's not like it's, Hey, you're going to give up a very large chunk of your off season to go play. And, you know, we don't know where you fit in the, in the rotation right now. We have a lot of decent guards on the roster, but I, I get, I get it from the health standpoint. I think though, if he is healthy, if he was healthy, I would have liked to have seen him play because I do see the benefit in that. And, and like I said, it's not, it's not like he's be losing out on a month and a half of, of his off season training regime. But again, Aaron, we should, we should be as like negative as some of the people think we are actually, we should, we should like not be doing this, but we should be hot taking instead of this Cade reason. Cade's, Cade's running from the challenge. Is he the alpha? We need the, we need to have the YouTube, uh, uh, like picture of us with like our faces doing the the soy face like hands on our cheeks is kate a coward oh my god kate cunningham american yeah oh and i actually love that is kate cunningham a terrorist we the podcast title this week? <laughs> <laughs> kate cunningham a terrorist oh <laughs> Nah, that's about it. Yeah, I think we're kind of in agreement here, Aaron. Like, it's a, you know, we would have loved to have seen him play a little bit more competitive basketball. I, I think we understand that, like, he's just trying to get back to, to where he is. And it's kind of as simple as that. We don't know where his body's at. Maybe he felt like he couldn't do it. Maybe his team felt he couldn't do it. Uh, we also don't know. It could also be coming from the, the Pistons organization where Troy Weaver's saying, like, <laughs> I'm not taking any risks on this like dude you are not getting hurt i need this job okay so it could just be as simple as that like the organization doesn't doesn't really want them going all the way and and you know even for that two weeks one one other interesting note here uh was obviously we don't know if you know jade and ivy could have been asked to 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 join the roster but seeing like peyton pritchard on this roster and thinking of like all of the players that should be on this roster over Peyton Pritchard, a guy that's not even in his team's rotation. Uh, hilarious. Like, that makes me think of, like, how did Jaden Ivey not get placed on this team? I would imagine he would go, especially since Cade and Dern were going to be there. Uh, but an interesting decision. And I'm you could make the case for a lot of players over Peyton Pritchard. <laughs> well, Peyton Pritchard, he's just got that, you know, first guy in the gym, last guy out, coach's son, hustle, work hard mentality. So... What 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 can I say? He's you know he's Boston. Bo- he's got that Boston mentality. Oh man, I yeah I don't know I don't know about that one, but that will begin. Uh, you know, Team USA will the will go play in the FIBA World Cup at the end of August. So hopefully we'll get at least some sort of some sort of uh, scrimmage film from that. I think they do at least in the past they have done some live showings on NBA TV of either like a scrimmage or practice. So it, it, I'll definitely be watching that if it's available. I'm not sure if it will be, but I, but I feel like they have done that in the past where they've done like uh, the select team versus the team versus team USA in a scrimmage. And I feel like it's been, uh, you know, showed on NBA TV before, but maybe I am just completely making something up or I'm trying to manifest it for this year. Who knows? Um, but I guess we'll see on that. Okay, let's move into our second topic 
uh, of the show. We are moving along here. Not going to be a super long podcast this week, but I think this is an interesting topic, and I definitely feel like it's one that could take us a little bit to get through, and that is talking about the roster, the depth chart, the rotation for next season. The Pistons roster is filling up ahead of next season, and there are a handful of battles across the depth chart to keep an eye on. Uh, as we're you know already just a few months out of next season, before we know it, teams will be heading into training camp at the beginning of September, and preseason play will then begin a few weeks after that. Looking at a couple positional battles, I'm sure you can name a few others, but the backup point guard spot, Monte Morris and Killian Hayes, uh, the backup wing spot, Joe Harris and Asar Thompson, and that big rotation. I think outside of Jalen Duran, Jalen Duran's, I would imagine, locked in as the, the starting center. Uh, what happens with James Wiseman, Marvin Bagley, and Isaiah Stewart? Jasper, any of those, or is there another kind of duo or trio of guys that are going to be jostling for rotation minutes that you wanted to discuss? Uh, I think you have to throw Isaiah Livers into the mix there as well. Like he's still, as far as we know, a, a part of the plans for this organization. And I mean, you could throw him into the mix when it comes to either Joe Harris uh, and Asar Thompson or the, the big rotation. Is he a three? Is he a four? We still don't really a hundred percent no um when it comes to monte morris and, and killian hayes i hate to say it it does seem like that's going to be like the the i don't know positional race that has the most intrigue around it but for me based on what we're seeing coming out of the rumor mill it, it doesn't really seem like there's much of a battle there it seems like killian hayes is done and monte morris is the backup and to be honest, if we're just looking at the play on the floor, sounds about right to me. Uh, Monte Morris is one of the best backup point guards in the league. Kellyanne Hayes is is not. And I think the fact of the matter is, like, whether they are or aren't moving off of Killian Hayes, it's hard to even see a team that would have a need for him, that would want to trade for him. Uh, all, all the bad teams already have their point guards. So, like, where would Killian Hayes, I, I mean, really think about it. Look at all the other teams that were at the bottom of the lottery last year with Detroit. How many of them need a guy like Killian Hayes? Portland doesn't. Orlando doesn't. Um, o Oklahoma City sure doesn't. None of these teams really. The, the Houston Rockets sure don't. It's hard to really see where Killian Hayes is going to slot in on this team and really any other team in the league right now. So that's, in my opinion, actually, like, uh, kind of a, an intriguing battle just to see if like if Killian Hayes can even stick on the roster to be honest when it comes to Joe Harris and Asar Thompson I, I think there it's like who do you think's the starter who do you think's the backup I've seen some people say they don't even think Joe Harris is going to play very much at all this year I don't agree with that I, I don't see that as being the case and when it comes to the front court rotation very clearly Jalen Duran's starting and while we have definitely been afraid of the two big lineups Ultimately, Monty Williams is the guy who runs this rotation, and Monty Williams, at no point that I have watched him as a coach, has he ever seemed inclined to play two traditional bigs uh, in the same lineup together. So I really think the way it's going to come out is James Wiseman is the backup, Isaiah Stewart is the starting power forward, and Marvin Bagley is waiting to be either shipped out at the trade deadline 
or, you know, uh, the guy who's there when people get injured and then he's gone at the end of the year because they don't pick up his team option. I don't know if you see it playing out any differently, Aaron, uh, but for me, I think that there's positional battles here, but I, I would be surprised if they don't come out in the way that we expect them to. So one that I want to circle back to is is Joe Harrison and Sard Thompson because you made a comment saying it's really just a matter of which one starts, but it sounds like you also have Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Dern in the starting lineup, which is what I'm anticipating. I'm anticipating Stewart will start at the four and Dern will start at the five. Are you saying that with the assumption that Boyan Bogdanovich isn't on this team? Are you are you suggesting he he's going to come off the bench? I'm trying to figure out how Harrison or Thompson start with Stewart and Duran also in the starting lineup. Yeah, I think the thing for me is I, I just don't know how you can swing Bogdanovich at the three at this point if you're playing Stewart at the four. So the way I look at it is I think Bogdanovich is coming off the bench. And I know that, you know, I said kind of the same thing last year in terms of like this this rotation doesn't really make sense I, I you know when it came to Sadiq Bey and Boyan Bogdanovich being the starting three and the starting four it just didn't make sense like you couldn't start both of them together I see that as being the same kind of issue this year even if you're playing Stewart at the four I think you need a starting level three I don't know I guess the problem for me is like I, I think you kind of have to start Asar Thompson this year and I know that there's an issue when it comes to shooting, but the fact of the matter is if you as an organization are not sold on Isaiah Stewart's shooting coming into this season, then I think you've made a probably a pretty critical error in this offseason. Because if you're not sold on his shooting, then I don't think you can be sold on him as the four. And to me, this is a critical year to, to figure out if Isaiah Stewart is a four. Like this is the one. I know they just extended him, but you need to know what you have there. And if they're not sold on it and they're not confident playing somebody else at the three other than Bogdanovich, I, I think that you have a real, real issue there. The same issues that we've kind of been talking about in terms of what is the idea behind building this team. So no, I, I think Bogdanovich has to come off the bench for Detroit this year. And I think honestly, you probably have to start Asar Thompson as well. You have to trust that Cade's going to be a better shooter. You have to trust that Jaden Ivey's going to be a better shooter. And again, if Isaiah Stewart, if you don't believe in his shooting, then why is he your starting power forward anyway? Right? So I don't think Bogdanovich should come off the bench next year. Uh, I think he should start. I also don't think from an organizational perspective they can come out at the beginning of the season and take a 20-point-per-game veteran that they've labeled as a you know key part of the team, which is why they re-signed him to a long-term contract uh, last year. I don't think they can justify taking him out of the, the starting lineup for a 20-year-old rookie. Uh, I think the problem is more so Isaiah Stewart and them not having – uh, another true wing or for what whatever you want to label him as that fits better with Bogdanovich, Cade, and Ivy. Um, I 
obviously like Asar Thompson, and I think he can bring some really good things. He's obviously a very different player than Bogdanovich. I just don't see how you can sell that. And I think if I'm Boyan Bogdanovich and I signed an extension to stay here after scoring 22 points on really good efficiency last year, if I'm being told, hey, I'm coming off the bench for a 20-year-old rookie, I'd be pretty freaking pissed. I think you're probably right. I guess I'm just going off of the assumption that like Isaiah Stewart is the starting four and I'm trying to make the best starting lineup as I see it. Um, I, you're right. Everything you just said is correct. And that's probably why ultimately Bogdanovich won't come off the bench and he probably will start uh, to clarify. Like I'm saying, this is what I would do. I'm not saying that's necessarily how it's going to play out. Um, but I just think like, yeah, if I'm looking at it, if you want to make the best lineup possible, I think that you have to sell out on the defensive end there, and you have to really like go all in if you believe Isaiah Stewart can shoot. If you don't believe Isaiah Stewart can shoot, then I just think you have some like really big issues in that starting lineup. Any uh, like I, I just don't, I just don't like Isaiah Stewart at the four. I guess is what I'm saying because I think that it 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 reduces your ability to put together a rotation that can work defensively. Like, I just don't see how you can get away with Bogdanovich at the three. I, I just don't. It, it doesn't, I don't know. It. I just have a really big issue with it. Like, preferably what I would do is have Durin starting at the five, Bogdanovich at the four, one of Harris, but preferably Asar Thompson at the three, and then go Ivy Cunningham. And you're bringing Isaiah Stewart off the bench. This is what I've advocated for for a long time. To me, that is the lineup that makes the most sense. But if you are pigeonholing Isaiah Stewart into the four, I think that that changes the equation. I don't know if you feel differently. No, that I do agree with. I do agree that Bogdanovich at the four, Asar at the three is the best pairing, mainly because I'm just, I'm low on Isaiah Stewart. I'm at that, I'm at the point. I've been at that point. I'm especially low on him when the Pistons are going to continue to try to play him as a four when hasn't really shown much of an indication that he is a four. I'm fine with Isaiah Stewart as a backup five. I've said before, I think he can do enough as a backup five. The way he competes, has some nice defensive instincts. I The shooting, you know, people can say whatever they want about the shooting. Until he's shooting league average or above, you can't really say he's a shooter or developing as a shooter. Because well, then, then say it. Then let me ask you this question. So if if Isaiah Stewart comes out next year and the starting lineup is Duran, Stewart, Bogdanovich, um, uh, Cade, and Ivy, and Isaiah Stewart does come out and he shoots well, like we're talking, we're two months into the season, he's shooting 35 to 37% from three. Does that change the equation for you in terms of who should be in the starting lineup then? Because if Cade, Ivy, and Isaiah Stewart can all shoot, would you then consider moving Bogdanovich to the bench? Or, or do you think he has to be a starter no matter what, even if even if Isaiah Stewart is, is shooting the rock well? See, I, and I, they're I, struggling defensively. I think Bogdanovich has to be in the starting lineup, even if this team is going to struggle defensively, defensively, which they probably will either way. Uh, I think Bogdanovich has to be in the lineup. His, his, his floor spacing ability, uh, he he just has skills that that take some of the burden off of Cunningham and Ivy, two guys who, you know, are not 
necessarily lockdown shooters right now. They need a as much legitimate floor spacing around those guys as possible. And Bogdanovich is going to, even with all of his defensive inability that is a concern, what he can do offensively at least negates that for me because he can space the floor. He's not a guy that's going to get the ball and try to drive 8, 10, 8, 9, 10 times at the basket. He can space the floor and let Cunningham and Ivy both do their thing. Two guys that are at their best when they're going to the rim and sucking in the defenses. That's when Bogdanovich is available to spot up as a 41% three-point shooter and pick his spots. And that's why I feel he's important. I think tying him to Cunningham and, and to Ivy is, is more important than trying to fit, get Isaiah Stewart out there because you've convinced yourselves he's a four for whatever reason. I, I, I just okay. feel like Bogdanovich is more valuable than that. And maybe I'm, I, I do feel like I'm higher than, on Bogdanovich than most are, but I don't know. I feel like when I watched them last season, I'm like, this is one of the only guys that, that it's really contributing much at, at, at right now. And I, I'd have to imagine the plan is for him to start and, and for him to, to play a lot of minutes with Kate as a, his, you know, a floor spacer for him. No, you know what? You're, you're, you're right. Donovan Mitchell. I'm sorry. Kind of like what Bogdanovich did for Donovan Mitchell, even though Bogdanovich did get featured on the ball in Utah here and there as well yeah that's definitely true and and i think while we're talking through it i think you've convinced me like i i agree with you and the reason is even if isaiah stewart is shooting 37 percent on threes something like that and like Cade and Jaden are both also shooting well none of those guys is a volume catch and shoot like spot up guy and i think ultimately you do need somebody like that in the starting lineup Next to them, I just think you're probably asking too much of the opposite guard, regardless of whether Cade or Jaden is the primary ball handler. I think you're probably asking too much of them. And who, if it is a Sar Thompson in the lineup, like I just think you'd probably be asking too much of of those other players. Maybe you could work spreading it around a little bit, but in the end, I think you're ultimately right. You need somebody who is consistent. And more so than just consistent, but like prolific as as a spot up shooter um, next to those two guards. So yeah, you you've convinced me, Aaron. Uh, I actually think I agree with you. Bogdanovich does have to start regardless, which to some extent does kind of limit your ability to mess with his starting lineup now, doesn't it? Because you're locked into Duran, you're locked into Cade, you're locked into Ivy, and if you are locked into Stewart, then you basically also have to be locked into Bogdanovich. So really, I suppose, um, is there anybody outside of those five that you think could could change that, could break into the starting lineup? Or is it, as you've kind of put it out there, really all positional battles to see who the primary backups are at this point? You know, like we talked about, like the lineup we throw it out there, I'm, I wouldn't be opposed to... Asar Thompson in place of Isaiah Stewart uh, for the defensive ability. You know, obviously that would limit Detroit's spacing, even though Stewart is 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 still a better shooter than Thompson, obviously, but it's, it's still not like he's a, a, a proven commodity there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the lineup that I'm expecting is Cunningham, Ivy, Bogdanovich, Stewart, Duran, and then what happens with the bench unit. Like, you have Monte Morris. 
you have Alec Burks, you you traded for Joe Harris. And I will say that if Joe Harris can't give you minutes and you made that trade, knowing that, that trade becomes immediately worse to me if that was just a, we're taking on Joe Harris to take him on, not we're bringing in Joe Harris because we think he can give us some minutes and space the floor for us and fit on this roster. But I'm more concerned that with the way this roster is shaking out, that it's going to be, he's really not going to play all that much because if Morris Burks and Harris all play, there really aren't any minutes for Asar Thompson. And I can't imagine that the number five pick in the draft isn't going to be in the rotation. So I don't know how the bench shakes out. I would say in my head with where this roster is at, I'm pretty convinced on what the starting lineup looks like, but that leaves the bench unit for me in a place of uncertainty because you can make cases for Monty Morris, Alec Burks, Joe Harris, Asar Thompson, Isaiah Livers. Uh, You imagine James Wiseman is going to be featured as the backup center. Like there's six guys right there. We've already mentioned Killian Hayes and you're paying 13 million a year to Marvin Bagley. So there's all these guys and I I don't know what the right combination of them is. And it feels like it's going to come down to is Joe Harris a part of your rotation or is Asar Thompson part of your rotation? And I'd imagine at the end of the day, they would choose to develop their number five pick and play Asar Thompson, which makes that Brooklyn trade to me look way worse. I guess my question is, are they willing to play a Sar Thompson at the four? Because to me, that rotation makes more sense if you go Wiseman, Thompson, uh, Burks, Harris, Morris. You got, you know, I, I think Burks can can slide in at the three for bench units. I, I think that it's feasible, especially if you have Wiseman. And like, I I believe in a Sar Thompson as an off-ball like rim protector. I think he is a guy that can come through and give you weak side blocks. That's that's not something I'm super worried about. I mean, shoot, we saw him block jumpers in, in summer league. And like that happens more in summer league than it does in the regular season. But there is definitely something there with his rim protection abilities. I'm cool with playing him at the four. Um, I think the question really then becomes like those next three guys, what becomes of Marvin Bagley? What becomes of Isaiah Livers? What becomes of Killian Hayes? How deep is Monty Williams willing to go? You know, something we do know, and this is something that it's funny because uh, Pistons fans always complained about, you know, Dwayne Casey never changing his rotations. Suns fans complained about Monty Moore, uh, Monty Williams changing his rotations all the time. So I do wonder if they're going to mess around with the bench units to begin the season, see which different combinations work better or if they're going to go in there with the idea of, you know, we're going to we're going to start with this kind of tight-ish 10 to 12 man rotation. Um it's going to be really interesting to see how that all plays out. My ideal, you know, division though is you have um I mean not ideal because I don't really want Isaiah Stewart starting at the four, but you're going to go Duran Stewart, Bogdanovich Ivy Cunningham as the starters, and then your backups, you're going to go Wiseman, Thompson, Burks, Harris, Morris. Do you feel differently about that that backup rotation? I mean, I think for me, like, 
Marvin Bagley's a guy who just he slots in if there's injuries or, or if you desperately need bench scoring from your bigs. Uh, and for some reason, James Wiseman isn't providing it. And I think maybe Killian Hayes is just like, I just hate to say it. I just, I don't really see a place for Killian Hayes in this team right now. Again, I don't know if you feel differently, Aaron. He's, he's at best, the fifth best guard. And uh, Marcus Sasser probably has at least a gripe to make that that's his spot. I forgot about Sasser. I completely forgot about Sasser. Yeah. Do you think he slots into the rotation at all either? I, I, that's, geez, that's even harder to see. He was a first round pick. You, you traded up to get him. Like you have to, you'd have to think there's, they didn't do that with no intention to get him minutes. And outside of, you know, a guy getting injured and a rotation spot opening up, but it doesn't look like there are going to be minutes for him. That's what makes me think big picture. There's still some other trade coming down the pipeline, because to me, this roster does not make sense. It doesn't. They yeah. Don't. I mean, there's 13, 13 guys with like a legitimate argument to be receiving play. I mean, even more so than that, there's 13 guys where if you're not playing them, it's like, uh, what, huh? That doesn't make sense. Does you know what I mean? It's even more so than that. It's not that you have all these guys that you have to play. There's multiple guys that if you're not not playing them, it's like, why are they on this team at all? Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think it's an interesting roster right now. I think it's flawed and I don't love the construction of it. That backup unit going back to your uh, uh, initial remark. I'm not opposed to it. I didn't really envision our star Thompson playing power forward minutes in his rookie season, but with the way this roster uh, is put together he might have to that essentially ending Isaiah Livers uh, opportunity in Detroit would be a little off-putting to me considering how highly he's been talked about but he hasn't been able to stay healthy when he's gotten the opportunity to get minutes uh, over his first two seasons in the league and at this point Sar Thompson definitely has to get minutes it's just a matter of you know where do the Pistons value Livers are they willing to just take on Joe Harris Put him at the end of the roster. I don't know. It's like I said, weird roster. I, I'd have to imagine there's one more move coming uh before the start of the season to figure some of this out. I mean, the Bogdanovich trade happened late into the offseason. So I it wouldn't be unlike Troy to to have another move up his sleeve coming down the line. You wouldn't even need to like improve the roster. You just need to consolidate like a two for one. I, I don't even care like who you're bringing in it, it could be a, a a lower end of the bench rotation guy but like you have to clear this up a little bit because it does feel with like the salaries and the the, the players and you know because a lot of them are vets it just feels like there is something's got to give right like you're putting yourself in a position to have locker room strife it, it, it feels yeah. like because you're going to have guys like Marvin Bagley who's going to be saying like Bro, you're paying me 13 million. You signed me to this contract. And like now you're not gonna play me. That doesn't make sense. Right. Um, and Killian Hayes, I think, would be saying the same thing, just being like, bro, just cut me at this point. Like, I, I, let me go play somewhere else. Uh, that's how I would be feeling if I was those guys. Certainly, especially those guys. Like, they're at the point where they need to prove that they still belong in the league, period. So, yeah, you have to figure something out there. Uh, that that's how I feel. Do you, and, and we can wrap this up, Aaron, but 
you know, I did put a star Thompson at the four. And the more that I look at him and the more that I watch him play in summer league, I do think long-term that is probably more where he's going to slot in at least defensively um, because of it, you know, and I think because of his passing, like I, I think he can also provide you something there offensively too, when he puts on more, more, you know, weight, um, especially if you're going with a guy like Jalen Duran. Are you opposed to a Sar Thompson at the four? Because I've said this on on Twitter. I think that I see a lot of like young Josh Smith in his game, especially with his defensive abilities, his athleticism, and his size. He's not as stocky as Josh Smith, but like I do think long term the four is probably where I want a Sar Thompson to slot in. Do you feel differently than that? I think he would have to to bulk up uh at least a bit and i wouldn't want him to sacrifice any athleticism to do so but for what this team needs right now it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if he was able to be a four long term because don't think the the, there's another solution on the roster right now long term no and i just i like i really want to put him in a position to take advantage of that shot blocking ability and you know, I mean, like, that's the thing, too. He's the type of guy, we have saw him do it in the Summer League, from a standing jump, he is just an incredible a- athlete. So, like, I don't I don't worry about something like that, where, like, oh, no, he needs to come from the weak side and, like, run over and, you know, do those big blocks where he gets a running jump. He doesn't really need that. So, I, I think for me, like, long-term, just seeing where the league is going, I think that that is a position I would, of course, and you're right, he would need to bulk up. But I think long-term, that is actually maybe more where I see as far as Thompson uh, fitting in. But that is potentially years down the line. <laughs> so it's it, it, it could be a lo- little bit out of the way. But again, like we said, just with the amount of guards they have in the, their backup rotation, you kind of feel like he has to slot into that power forward position. Maybe Monty Williams figures something out. Maybe there is a trade coming down the the pike but as of right now i don't really know who else you have to to slot in there unless of course isaiah livers um they still really believe in him but i don't personally yeah we we will see it's you know the end of july there's still a lot of time between now and and the start of next season right training camp usually begins what first second week of september so a lot of time to figure that kind of stuff out uh, but I, the the roster right now does give the vibe of hey like a, con- a cons- consolidation moves got to be coming. I think you made a really good point with you've got some of these guys that are veterans who are on this roster and they didn't come here to not play right. Like Monte Morris didn't come here to to ride the pine. Alec Burks didn't opt into his extension to ride the pine. Marvin Bagley, you're paying thirteen million dollars a year too. I, I I don't not and I'm. I don't even want him in the rotation, but uh, from his perspective, it's like, yeah, you guys paid me. Why am I out of the rotation? Um, Same can be said for guys like James Wiseman, who by all accounts is going to be a big part of the Pistons rotation. Hell, I think there's a world where he starts, but I don't want to talk about that because it would just be too depressing at this point. Uh, Anything else that you did want to bring up, Jasper, before we wrapped up this week's show? Oh, I mean, gosh, with all that incredible Pistons news that's flying around now, I I don't have much else. Um, It's going to be interesting to see 
in these next few weeks, uh, months, I guess, still technically, um, whether we do get another trade. But as of right now, Aaron, there are still a lot of questions. And when they are answered, we will be here to talk about them, won't we? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, that, guys, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much to Bet Online for sponsoring this week's episode. We will see you guys next week. You've been listening to the Palace of Pistons podcast brought to you by Believe. See you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.